It's Wednesday the 10th of February. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by a man of so many talents. Of course, he played cricket for Australia, Shane Lee. He's an absolute <laughs> goddess in the kitchen, if I can say that. What do you want me to say to that, mate? I'm cooking chicken noodle soup tonight, mate. There you go. A very special <laughs> one, though, aren't you? Well, it's got chilli in it. How's that sound? Oh. A little bit of coriander. All right, I'll be over. Don't you worry. Got a huge show on the way. Steve Corica and Johnny Stevenson. Let's go. Shane, Eddie Maguire finally decided time's up. He, uh, he was going to stand down as chairman of Collingwood at the end of the year. He's decided to do it now, and it sort of makes sense, doesn't it? It does make sense. I think Eddie's done the right thing here. It's um, look, he's had a fabulous twenty-three years at the helm, and um, as he as he said in his in his press conference, he's brought Collingwood up from from a club that had a lot of issues at the start, and I think he leaves it in a, in a much better place. But yeah, I think it was the right time to go. There was a a lot of angst amongst. Yeah, the playing group and, and the fans, and um, I think Eddie can walk away with his head held high. The Australian Open firing along, Nick Kyrgios. Look, he struggled at the start, and then he came good. Uh, what did you make of uh, all the antics? Like, get your girlfriend out of my box. He's a character. <laughs> yeah, I know. Did you get a look at her? What did she look like? No, look, I think I think that's Nick. He's a promoter's dream. Um, I, sure, I surely turned the TV on when he's playing. Um, but look, yeah, he did start slow. It's his first game in a very long time, and... Um, but he got 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 some really good momentum going, and um, look, he's got he's got a game, he's got a big serve, he's got all the shots, and uh, but yeah, it's always good theatre. But uh, you you never walk away wondering if something's going to happen because it normally does when Nick's playing. I, I'm convinced that tennis players, or not all of them, but a lot of them, are whingers. It's <laughs> extraordinary the amount of moaning that's gone on, particularly from first round losers. The, the, the Frenchman, I won't even mention his name. We had Angelique Kerber, the former Open winner. If I knew I had to go through, I wouldn't have come. It's like, seriously, the money they earn, the lives they live, it's extraordinary. Yep, and I find it really, really tough whenever I hear sports people complaining because uh, you are seriously blessed to um, to earn a living out of playing sport um, itself. Um, a lot of people would give their left and right arm to do that. And uh, look, I agree, Timmy. And look, they still walk away with $100,000 just to show up and, and stay in a really nice hotel for two weeks. Yeah, get over it, guys. Yeah, yeah most people around the world have to do it anyway, and uh, yeah. they don't get the trappings. So, look, I just find some of their behaviour uh, really hard to cope with. Now, the boss of the Big Bash, I find this pretty hard to understand, and it seems like a whole lot of bull dust to me. He says that DRS is not part of the DNA of the competition. Well, why not? It should be. Yep, I think, well, what would he say? Well, it's bull dust for starters. Um, <laughs> bull dust, yes, but, well, it's just a polite way of saying I know. something else. No, but uh, look, I, I think what, what he's trying to say is that, that they didn't start uh, with that in the as part of the game and I think they want to try and keep the game moving forward saying all that the game needs to to change and evolve and um, if the decisions made by the umpires don't improve they're going to have to bring it in so there's two options there get some better umpires or bring it in my high school was 63 and the reason why I got 63 was because there was a particular umpire from our team down the other <laughs> end I, I almost had to take splinters out of the battle I was about under 13 it's Richie Benno Oval and my son keeps asking me what was your high school I must have been given out four or five times, but the point I'm trying to make is there were those types of decisions in the Big Bash, Shano. They were rubbish. There were some rubbish decisions, yeah. And uh, and I think, as we mentioned before, in, in the shorter version of the game of cricket, um, when a decision goes really wrong, it can cost the whole team 
the game itself, and it can cost guys their career. So we need to get it right. Yeah, absolutely. I can't see why the DRS is. I think Joey, my son, when he came on our show, made a good point. He says we can mm. check that. We can check the boundaries. Why can't we check that? Okay. Lighter note: Often we see wicket keepers take their gloves off and have a bowl or a batsman. Tubby Taylor took a, a test wicket, I think. But uh, Tim Payne's playing for Hobart University, and he opened the bowling. The Australian captain, of course, wicketkeeper captain. Yes, yeah, it was interesting to, to watch this. I, I've just got a funny feeling Tim Payne is is considering potentially giving it up after the Ashes. I, I, I think the guy's under a serious amount of pressure. I think um, I'm also concerned that he's bowling. He bowled 10 overs. It's not easy to do when you don't normally bowl, so I hope he didn't hurt himself. And if you rewind back to the start of his career, he was dropped from the Australian cricket team because he broke his thumb or finger in, a, in an actual um, social match as well. So hope he doesn't get injured in this one and, um, and miss the Ashes series because I don't know who's going to captain if he's not there. Yeah, he's playing for Hobart University at Bell Reef yep. Oval in a club game. Anyway, uh, he got he got the wicket the way that I used to get them with a half tracker. <laughs> and just finally back to the Australian Open for a sec. It was quite a day for Australia, wasn't it? Wins to Sam Stosa, Alexi Popperin, young qualifier Chris O'Connell, Daria Gavrilova, Tanasi Kokonakis, and he went and bought shirts from Kmart he got a lovely message from Roger Federer. He's had a very difficult time with injury. But the out-and-out superstar for Australia last night was Ash Barty. Just absolutely unbelievable, the Australian world number one. She's won her first-round match over Danka Kovanic, 6-love, six 6-love. Six she was in a hurry as well. It took 44 minutes. Game. The Ash Barty party well and truly underway at the Australian Open. Coming up, Steve Corica, the coach of Sydney FC. This is Afternoon Sport and a real treat today. A a man that's done it all in the game, or the world game, of course. Soccer, football, whichever way you want to say it. He played for Australia. He's the coach of Sydney FC. Steve Corica, how are you? Very good. How are you? Real good. Steve, really good win against Wellington. Yeah, it was. uh, You know, they're a tough team to to play against. Um, It's my old assistant coach as well, so it always makes it even tougher. They they know a lot about us and we play very Mm. similar. So, uh, yeah, it was nice to to back up uh, week to week with, uh, with three points and, and another win so uh, yeah it was great and one thing that we're seeing in the A-League uh, across a lot of the teams are the young guys coming through Graham Arnold's commented about it tell us about these two 18 year olds uh, or teenagers they, they're fantastic yeah yeah Callum Newenoff and uh, Patrick Wood, both from the Northern Beaches, doing really well. Obviously, got both starts uh, against Wellington and and performed really well. Um, you know, they're they're exciting. A lot of the young players are getting opportunities at the moment, um, which is great. Not just the obviously in our team, but uh, all the other A League teams as well. Just because of the salary cap has been reduced, and now it's opportunities for them. But I think that's going to help us in the long run. Like you said, Graham Arnold, um, I think is licking his lips at the moment because it's, it's going to benefit his uh, Olympic team. Definitely, I think. Hey, Steve, I always find it interesting when a, a, a former player moves over the fence and becomes a coach. How, how have you found coaching? And do you, do you find coaching harder than, than your playing days? Oh, it's definitely harder, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot more work that goes into it. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, as a player, you just turn up to training, you work hard. Mm. And, um, yeah, and, and try and perform on the weekend. The coaching, there's a lot lot more that goes into it, obviously, preparing a lot of things, uh, keeping everyone happy as well because, uh, you know, you've got 20, 21 <laughs> yeah. players. 
that's uh, hard to keep happy. You know, only 11 can play and the, the rest of them, you know, you've got to try and make sure that they're happy, that when they're ready to play, they get the opportunity and, and do well. So yeah. uh, definitely, definitely harder. Well, you've had great success yourself, but there was initial pressure, wasn't there? Because you inherited a job in a place that had a successful mentality and a successful landscape. Yeah, obviously I took over after Honey and he had uh, two very successful seasons. Um, you know, we won a lot of trophies in them two years, I think maybe even three years, I think, when he was when he was there. So, yeah, the pressure was on. You know, I was, I was his assistant. Um, but, yeah, it was my first coaching first coaching gig at, uh, as a head coach and, um, yeah, it's, it's managed – I've managed to, to get through the first couple of years pretty well and uh, hopefully we can continue that this year because, uh, yeah, we've won the grand final two years in a row and uh, no one's ever done it three years in a row. So that's obviously the aim for our, our players and, and what we're striving for. Yeah, that'd be fantastic, three in a row. So you're currently third on the ladder. Um, what do the next few games look like for you guys? Busy period, actually. We had, well, after last night, we had five games in uh, 20 days. Uh, we, we're actually going for a road trip down to Melbourne next uh, on Friday. We play... Western United Saturday and then Melbourne City on Tuesday. So two pretty important games for us, I think, on the road there. Talking about a few other things in the game, having done it yourself, having spent all those years at Wolverhampton and uh, watching Matt Ryan debut for Arsenal the other day. And look, I know Matt well. We're both a part of a charity here, so I took special interest. But boy, oh boy, he did a good job. And it's a bit of an anecdote of life. Obviously, things didn't turn out at Brighton, but here he is. He got the opportunity, a suspension, and bang, he's playing for Arsenal. He's, uh, you know, the team he dreamed about as a boy against Aston Villa. Yeah, you know, I think he's gone from Brighton to uh, to Arsenal. What a what a dream for him, yeah. especially like he supported him as a boy. I think um, you know it's obviously a much bigger club, and he, I, I watched the game the other night when he played, and he played really well. So obviously, it's in his first game, so. Um, yeah, uh, you know, congratulations to him, and it's great to see our boys back in the Premier League and uh, and doing well. Hey, Steve, how closely do the overseas clubs now look at the A League for players? Uh, well, the A League is shown in in England, so uh, you know, obviously they they would be able to get it and watch it. Um, you know, I think a lot of Asia as well. I think because we're a big part of the Asian Champions League and stuff like that, so. It's, it's uh, shown around the world now and um, definitely in England. What about the growth of the women's game? Um, it's just been exponential worldwide, but Australia particularly. And to have the 2023 World Cup for women in Australia and New Zealand, it's going to be great not only for the women's game, but the men's game, the whole of the world game here in Australia. Oh, it's something to look forward to. You know, it's going to be very exciting. Uh, I'm sure the the Matildas are, are looking forward to that as well. So, but um, yeah, just from my perspective, I think it's great. You, you know, we're going to have a World Cup here, which is great, and it can only be great for our game uh, moving forward as well. So, we wish them all the best and uh, and their preparation for that for that. Well, Steve, you're an absolute winner, mate. You're, I think you're a two-time uh, premiership player at Sydney FC, and I think you've done it twice now, mate, as a coach already. And But uh, well, let's go Let's go for three in a row. Exactly. He's going for his third. And look, look for, just finally, one last question. I, I'd like to, to, to hear what you think about the state of the game um, here in Australia right across the board because, you know, the A-League came out of uh, a system which didn't quite work because of all the ethnic-based uh, football clubs. But um, where do you think the game's at at the moment? I get asked this a lot, you know, it's, it's difficult to say, I think, especially in the last year or so with COVID, um, you know, obviously I think that's set us back a little bit, obviously, you know, money-wise for a lot of the clubs and uh, the salary cap drop, got dropped. But I think, 
you know, coming out of this, there's a lot of positives as well. I think like we touched before, you're getting a lot of young boys that are are starting to come through, which is going to benefit our, obviously, our national teams uh, and our game at some stage. So, um, you know, you've got to take the positives out of the negatives with the COVID situation, and I think that's one of them definitely. So, you know, I, I think the... You know, it's really exciting at the moment. There's been a lot of exciting games, high-scoring games as well this season so far, and it's pretty tight at the moment uh, with the table. And, um, you know, I think that, that keeps everything, everyone on their toes and, and hopefully it's another big season for everyone. What do you think of all the tennis players whinging? Like I, I, we were talking about it earlier in the show, it drives me mad. I, I just think that, you know, they some of them don't conceptualise how difficult the rest of the world has got it. Yeah, well, I've been in quarantine myself. It is difficult, but uh, you just get on with it, don't you? You know, you can. It's uh, obviously they're a little, it's at their standards pretty high, and um, you know they they like having a whinge. But uh, yeah, I'm sure they they're look underway now and uh, playing their games and back training and stuff like that. So I'm sure they're happy now. You'll have so, mate. You could be down a coal mine. I, I always say it's uh, you're pretty pre- pretty privileged to play sport, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. it is a precious uh, world we we are in actually. Yeah. Congratulations on all your success and all the very best uh, with your efforts to, to make it the hat trick, Steve. And uh, uh, thanks for coming on Afternoon Sport. It's a real treat for us to have someone of your stature come and have a chat. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Steve. Bye, mate. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, the man with the medals, Johnny Stephenson. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com As a professional sports person, I knew the value of a good coach. And being a business owner is no different. With the Business Coach from Growth Workshop, you can build the business you've always dreamed of. A valuable business that runs by itself. If you need to take control of your future with a winning strategy, Growth Workshop specialises in improving your cash flow, developing sales and marketing strategies to drive revenue, and getting those ideas out of your head into an action plan. Growth Workshop will help you develop a business plan and achieve your financial goals with regular guidance from our experienced team. Whether you want to drive revenue with a new marketing strategy or put the right team and systems in place, we'll help you free up from the day-to-day and allow you to grow your business. We can help. Get in touch with Growth Workshop Business Coaching at growthworkshop.com.au to book in for your no-obligation strategy session. Growth Workshop, turning your good idea and hard work into a valuable asset. Afternoon sport, and I love this time. We get it twice a week, don't we, Shanos? John Stephenson, how are you, my friend? The boys! I'm going well. I'm going very well. Uh, interesting time in world sports. I've been loving it. Yesterday was such a cool day um, with the Super Bowl and uh, everything that's happening uh, in the world of sport. I'm loving it. Mate, let's, let's start with the Super Bowl. Um, now, Tom Brady, as a as a sports person, he has to be up there with the all-time greats. You think you think Muhammad Ali, uh, so Donald Brabham, you think Nicholas and Woods in golf and Phelps in swimming. Brady is right up there now, isn't he, with those names? Hey, Shane, you know what's funny? I had this huge argument. We have a group chat on my WhatsApp with guys in America where I used to train and live. And we were talking about this. And and because I was an individual athlete, um, and you and you might attest to this and and mm. and, and get this. Oh, it's so hard to put this guy like for me as one of the greatest of all times, because it's a team sport. That's how I individual athletes look at it, right? So I'm gonna mm. be quite contemptuous for our listeners and put this out there. 
But if you're looking at his body of work, just in sport in general, um, you know, the age, you know, being 40, I think he's 43 years of age, seven rings um, to bring a team as a wild card and win the Super Bowl. Um, experience really showed in the game. I'm not going to talk like I know NFL, I know football. It's really, that's not my, my chosen sport of, that I love. But what I got out of that, being an ex-professional athlete, um, watching Patrick Mahomes, who I'm sure will go on in many a Super Bowl rings, watching how just experience, knowledge, and how, how smart Brady was bringing back Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, that those guys, Gronkowski, Brown, Brady, he put that team together. They all scored, t- I mean, well, Brown and Gronkowski both scored touchdowns, Gronkowski two touchdowns. I mean, they shaped the game. They won the game for them. So, you know, that's why you have to put Brady as, as one of the greats. He put that team together. We People know that. They've seen it. He dragged into a Super Bowl. Amazing effort. Really enjoyed watching the game. I was even happier because I got them at $2.48. So I was absolutely <laughs> pumped, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was collecting oh, yesterday. Oh, oh, oh. Almost as happy as that bloke who got him on about September 2 at 50 to 1. And he put eight grand on. So he's picked up a cool 100-odd K. But I, look, I agree with you on that front. It's like it's 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 just a superstar at play, isn't it? Because because he not only went to a club that was struggling, but he turned the whole thing on its head, and he's 43 years of age, and he's going to continue to do it. Now, UFC, look, there's a variation of the UFC, and we saw those pictures in the paper of those girls all bloodied up. What, what, at what point, John, does it become too vicious? I don't know if you guys remember the very first original UFC. I mean, this, we're going back, way back now. Um, it was absolutely no rules. Um, I think you, could, you couldn't attack the groin and you couldn't eye gouge, but everything else was all free. You had boxers going against judo guys, judo guys going against karate specialists. One guy even went in there with one glove on one hand and a bare fist on the other hand. And that was a time when it just completely got censored and, and, and the sports commissions around America just didn't sanction any of these fights. And they almost went, they, well, they did go bankrupt and in, in Step Dana White, who ended up, you know, bringing in the glove rule, put some rules around it, and turned it into a mixed martial arts, and gave it some sort of rhyme and reason through the very famous Tough series, The Ultimate Fighter, which um, saw you, you actually educated the general public about what UFC was about. Um, I, I'm look, I, I love, I love mixed martial arts. I love my fighting. I see the science in it, and these guys and girls, um, they're some of the fittest human beings in the world and what they put their bodies through. But some of the stuff is gruesome. It's hard for those that I guess do not understand the art, haven't practiced mm-hmm. the art before to watch. It's not as easy as watching fencing or a normal boxing fight where even some boxing fights can become really tragic because, you know, there was, there was like a science um, research done that, that showed that boxing had more brain trauma because of the thudding and the amount of sparring that these these boxers go through. It's almost like a like a ringing bell every time they get hit and it shakes the brain and really damages the brain. Where with UFC, because they've got smaller gloves, it's more of a strike. So yes, it looks more gruesome, but the long-term effects are less in UFC than what they are in boxing. So yeah. it's really hard. I mean, it's hard for me. I love the fighting arts. I think I think there's something very pure about it. And, you know, there's, there's something innate in all of us. It's, it's either inherent you can't help but it's like watching a train crash right with fighting you, know, you either well, love it and you I get think, around I it. think Johnny look it's, it's each to your own because I, I personally find it very confronting that's just me but you know I, I live I live in a North Shore and I, I wear polo Ralph Lauren I wear loafers you know and I drink Chardonnay so <laughs> tell, you, tell, you, tell you what you, you've, you've come a long way from Warrigal tell you what there's not much oak, there's not well, much oak flats left in you cooking chicken chicken noodle soup and washing it down with come on man you can't yeah, play but, it down but, like that but you won't see Brett and I jump Jumping in a cage and kicking someone's head in, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, look, look, uh, look, just on some sad news because, uh, look, I'm old enough to remember it, but Leon Spinks has passed away uh, of, of cancer and, and people who, who do love boxing, and that was an amazing era, wasn't it, the Muhammad Ali era, and he beat Ali in his eighth fight, John. Leon Spinks, I, I mean, you guys, you've got to understand, my first sport was boxing. I watched every Muhammad Ali fight you possibly can watch, and I think... If you're a sports lover, he definitely falls in. We talk about greats with Brady. He falls in your, you know, in your top five. Mm. Definitely, you know, both what he did in and outside of the ring, which means that everybody he fought, you ended up, you know, understanding or learning George Foreman, the George Foreman grill, which Tim, I know you use every morning for your breakfasts. <laughs> and and you know, you got you got Joe uh, Joe Frazier. Um, and Leon Spinks, I've got a T-shirt upstairs, an old retro T-shirt that, that Leon Spinks used um, for his fight camp upstairs. Um, so it was a pretty sad day for me. I, I, you know, he very famously, um, you know, took on Muhammad Ali. Um, when Muhammad Ali, look, was, you know, in September of his career, but but still getting a victory against Ali is it's amazing, right? It's like getting a victory against Usain Bolt. It's just one of those times where you'll take it when you can get it because these guys at one stage just look so unbeatable. Um, so I think for boxing, you know, Leon was very, he was a very charismatic guy um, for all the footage I watched. Um, you know, very famously he had no two front teeth. Um, you know, he had this big, you know, infectious smile and um, and to see the passing. I mean, anytime you see the passing of, of somebody that you grew up with or especially for me, I love fighting. I watched all these boxers and studied them. Um, yeah, yeah it was, it was a bit of a sad day. Yeah, very sad. Too too early at sixty three, unfortunately. And um, yeah, but as you said, one of the one of the greats. And to to say or to or suppose to go to your grave saying you beat Muhammad Ali, that's pretty special. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. And it was a shock. It looked it was a shock win. I mean, it wasn't like mm. it was. Um, mm. It was yes, it was a split decision when he did beat Ali, but it was for the WBC and WBA titles. I mean, they're they're both recognised titles, and um and at that time, that heavyweight division needed a bit of a change in their guard. So um you know it's it's. It, 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 he definitely played a big part, in, I guess, in the, the 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 makeup of that boxing era. You know, you yeah. have to talk about him as being one of one of the special fighters of that era. Yeah, Vale Leon Spinks. Now, on a much lighter note, a much much lighter note, um, we saw a match last night against these two young guns, and a very quirky moment. John, pick up the story. <laughs> well, there's a player by the name of Dennis Shapiroff, and uh, he he. He was he was Shepelov. Sorry, my, my uh, I'm very I'm so bad with names. I hate this about me. There's one thing I hate is I still call. I, I never know your name is Tim just quietly. But anyway, um, Tim's Gilbert. But um, but no, he he very he through the point he wanted to use do a toilet break. And there's obviously protocols where you know you call for a train. The trains are to come. You got to go to the toilet. But he was like, dude, I need to I need to pee now. And then the, the umpire was sort of pushing back, saying no following protocols. So he said, well look. I'm just going to pee in this bottle because, you know, you're taking too long. So I'm going to pee in. And the umpire sort of looked, he's like, what are you going to do? Fire me? And um, anyway, ended up where he was able to, you know, do what he, he had to do. But um, is this guy's, do you answer this, Shane and Tim? Is this yeah. like protocols, um, this, you know, bureaucracy? Is this, is this, it just gone mad? Like, are we getting to. Well, 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 what it was, it was he actually, he actually uh, took an injury, a call for an injury break, and then, then he wanted to go to the toilet. And when, once you call an injury break, you're not allowed to leave the actual court without someone to follow you. So he had to wait to the, to the next game. So, um, I don't know whether that's because. 
potentially they can do something inside the change room without the umpire viewing them. So that, that was the case. But saying that, when you've got to go, you've got to go. Oh, yeah, and it's a, it's a very brave move taking a bottle because anyone who's practised in that art knows that you, you need to know the exact literage because you could well, you know, I mean, all after sorts of problems. last week, after our discussion, I mean, yeah, Gatorade bottles is the ones I normally use. Like it's a... It's got a it's got a very big opening at the top, so it's sort of yeah, it's a lot easier than using the ones that are a bit smaller. So um, that's normally my go-to if I have to use a bottle, like if I was out playing sport. Yeah, we sort of. Uh, I, I thought that you not knowing names was the last time you wouldn't wrap yourself. John, good to talk. Good to Johnny. Take care, mate. Thank you, boys. That's it for afternoon sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes to John Stephenson and to Steve Corica, of course. Thank you also to our wonderful sponsors, Shano. Yep, SpartanSportsHQ.com. And, of course, the man himself, Dan the Man, our podcast king, Dan McHugh. Thank you. See you tomorrow. We'll see you then.